Have you ever been in that position when you don't know if you should go to the ER, urgent care, or your doctor? Most of us have at some point. So today, Dr. Harris Ahmed, Associate Medical Director at St. Joseph's Health Hospital Emergency Department, will break it down for us. Welcome to St. Joseph's Health MedCast from St. Joseph's Health. I'm Maggie McKay. So good to meet you, Dr. Ahmed. Thank you for being here today. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you for having me over. This is such an interesting topic because to me, as a parent, I used to think when my son was little, which place is appropriate for certain things? Like there's so many instances, maybe it's the flu, maybe an accident, they sprain their wrist skateboarding or something, or even when somebody elderly's heart is racing. So as emergency departments deal with a sicker population than ever before, how does someone know if their sickness is worthy of an ED visit or if they should call their doctor or go to urgent care or just stay home? I totally agree with you, Maggie. I think it's a tough decision, tough question to answer, mostly for lay people if they do not know what their symptoms mean. But I think we can break it down for them. To begin with, I would suggest that everyone should actually have a primary care physician, no matter how young or healthy they are, but they should. I think that's the best way to start off with. If you have a minor injury, let's say a cough, a cold, a fever, or a sprain, then you should always reach out to your primary care office to get some guidance as well to see what they can cater to if they can get you an appointment that day to to be seen because they have that report with you. They know you better than anyone else. And then when we go to something more serious, let's say more acute, and you want to be seen today and your doctor cannot accommodate you, then urgent care is the next step to go to. A lot of times urgent care can take care of sprains, minor injuries, lack repairs, laceration repairs, But a lot of times if there is chest pain or severe abdominal pain or a major injury, then that should not go to urgent care or your doctor's office. I would recommend that that should come to emergency department. And, you know, as a parent, your kids always get the fever late at night. So what should you do in that instance? Definitely. I totally agree. I think because Urgent cares and primary care offices are closed at that time. And being a parent myself, obviously, we get scared. We get anxious about our kids. If you're really worried and you're concerned about their symptoms, if you do see some other associated symptoms of shortness of breath, or if they're wheezing or they don't look well, then definitely bring them to emergency department as as we are here to 24-7 to take care of you. So like we were saying, parents get nervous, of course. What if you can't call your pediatrician in the middle of the night or can you? You can always call your doctor's offices, be it pediatricians or your primary care doctor's office, and they all of the practices have on-call providers, either a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant or a, a doctor himself or herself, and touch base with them and see if they can give you some guidance. But if you do not think that you would want to wait that long to receive a phone call back and you're concerned, then yes, bring your loved one to the emergency department. Can you call the emergency department and ask them whatever your concern is and if you should come in or not? You can always call the emergency department. A lot of times you will get to the secretary in the emergency department who is not a medical person and they cannot give you medical advice, but they can always guide you in terms of what the wait time might look like or how many patients or how busy we are. But if you ask them In terms of what symptoms you or your loved one is having, they cannot guide you based on that. Right. That's very interesting because I never thought about it. But do all emergency departments have a receptionist? 
as far as I know, yes, they do. Ah, okay. That's really good to know. Because you know what? Now you call stores and they don't even answer. So it's good to know that there is someone there 24 7 to answer the phone. Dr. Ahmed, during COVID, I think it really was brought to light how at risk of complication the elderly are. So is it better for them to come in or stay home when there's a problem? So it's a 50-50 answer to this question. I do understand that elderly are at a higher risk of complications from, let's say, COVID or flu or RSV or any other viral infection. But at the same time, they get exposed to a lot of infections or other disease processes that is going on in the emergency department. Let's say if they're waiting in the waiting room too long and someone is more sick around them, then they can catch that bacteria or viral infection. So I go back to the same answer. If you're having some symptoms that are concerning, let's say you have flu-like symptoms, but now you're short of breath as well. Or elderly actually behave the same way as the younger population, really young kids, meaning they might not show specific symptoms other than just they're lethargic, they're tired, they are dehydrated, they are not acting at their baseline normal. That's an indication where they need to be evaluated to make sure we do not miss out on complicated disease. And like you were saying, sometimes we hear people say they don't want to go to the ER, whether they're elderly or they have children, it doesn't matter who, but because they're going to encounter people sicker than them and wait hours. So what do you suggest in that scenario, that you call ahead and see how many people are there? Or Yes, if it is not a life or limb-threatening condition where they think that they can wait, then the best is to reach out to their primary care office. If it's during daytime and business hours where urgent cares might be open and it is not life or limb threatening condition, then urgent care is the next best step because this is quick way to figure out what's going on with you. And they can triage you as well and say, oh, this is something we can take care of or you need to go to emergency department. And if you do think that your symptoms are life or limb threatening, serious enough, then you should come to emergency department irrespective of how long or short, you need to wait in the ED. And some people use the ER as their doctor. That's not great for people who actually need you. So how do you solve that problem? Definitely. And that problem actually has increased with the pandemic because of a shortage of medical personnel all over the world, more so in our country as well. We do see it day in, day out that primary care offices are not taking new patients. And it's always difficult to get a hold of your primary care offices or get an appointment the same day. Patients do use emergency department and urgent care facilities as their primary care offices at times. And I think if they are concerned about whatever symptoms they're having and they need medical expertise to look into, they're more than welcome to use our facilities for that. But as I said in the beginning, everyone should have a primary care physician just for once a year visit, making sure everything's okay. And in these instances where they do get some symptoms that they're concerned, they can reach out to them to get better guidance. Are you still recommending flu shots and booster shots for COVID? There's still a lot of debate over the booster shots. Definitely. Well, I say prevention is better than cure. They're not 100% preventative, but they always protect you from complications from the disease process. Flu shots are available every year. Again, we get the information later in the season that they were only 65% effective or 70% effective, but they were still effective. And they do prevent complicated disease, mostly in vulnerable population like elderly or young children. 
So you should always get vaccinated. That's what I suggest. I do know people have their certain belief systems that they do not get vaccinated. That's a different debate. But from the medical standpoint, yes, I would recommend everyone getting vaccinations. And what are you seeing so far this year? Is COVID back on the rise? Because that's what we're hearing in some news reports. Definitely it is. Yes, we are definitely seeing more COVID now as well as flu is obviously we are in flu season now. For some reason, this past year or so, we have seen more complicated RSV, which was not the case previously, but we have seen mostly adult and elderly population with complicated RSV. So those are the four most common viral infections that at St. Joseph's we test for and we are seeing cases again. COVID is definitely on the rise and we go back to getting vaccinated so that we can prevent complicated disease. What is RSV? Because I keep hearing about it over and over. So what that stands for is a respiratory syncytial virus. So it's, it's still a viral disease, affects mostly our lungs and mostly the small airways. And it's more of a reactive airway where there's a lot of inflammatory process that goes on and it causes a lot of shortness, just like how asthma or reactive airway diseases it causes something called as bronchiolitis, which is inflammation or swelling of our tiny little airways in the lungs. So it makes people really short of breath, cough and wheeze. Is it contagious? It is contagious, yes. Okay, so if you were going to a play, would you be wearing your mask again or a concert or a ball game? I personally do, also because we, even though we are out of the pandemic, but it's still out there, I do encourage people to wear that if they're in closed spaces with a lot of other people around them, because you don't know what germs other people are carrying, if they're sneezing or coughing. It can be just a common cold, but it can also be COVID or flu or RSV. So it's always take precautionary actions and make sure that we prevent getting sick. Mm -hmm. How key is hydration when it comes to prevention of any illness? I think mostly with viral illnesses, hydration goes a long way. It just makes you feel better. All of these viral illnesses, if you're otherwise healthy and you do not get complicated disease, it's a self-limiting disease process. Usually five to seven days, be it flu or RSV or COVID as well. After five to seven days, people do start getting better and then they recover. This is, we're talking about uncomplicated, no risk factor population. So in those cases, we recommend Tylenol, ibuprofen for pain control and symptom control. And then they can always hydrate more just to feel better and rest as much as possible. Is there anything else you'd like to add in closing that we didn't cover that you'd like people to know? Well, going back to the topic, obviously the discussion was urgent care, emergency department versus primary care. I think the one thing that I would want everyone to know is we didn't touch base with, let's say, chest pain population or stroke-like symptoms or severe abdominal pain. That's the population we want. That's the patients, if they're concerned about these symptoms, to come to emergency department. Again, everyone knows St. Joseph's is the cardiac center of excellence. So chest pain should come to emergency department. A primary care physician might not be able to take care of that in the office. Urgent cares might not be able to take care of that in the office. So if you're having chest pain that you're concerned about, come to emergency department and we'll take care of you. We're a primary stroke center. So if you're having stroke-like symptoms, come to emergency department. Key over here is time. If you're within four hours of your symptom onset, we can do more for you to take care of you as compared to coming in 12 hours later or 24 hours later. So timing is really important if you're having stroke-like symptoms. And same goes to abdominal pain. And abdominal pain can be as simple as acidity or gastritis 
or it can be as complicated as a perforation, which is a hole in your bowel, or some kind of bad infection or major blood vessel problem. So that's for us doctors, providers in the emergency department to get our expertise in and take care of you and figure out what's going on with you. Thank you so much for helping us figure this out, when to go to the ER, when to stay home, when to use the on-call doctor, because it is confusing, but you've really cleared up a lot of issues. Thank you. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you so much for having me over. And that's Dr. Harris Ahmed. If you'd like to find out more, please visit sjhsyr.org. That's sjhsyr.org. And St. Joseph's Health ED is here to help you in emergencies 24-7, 365 days a year. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Maggie McKay. This is St. Joseph's Health MedCast, presented by St. Joseph's Health. Thank you for listening.